Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello, and welcome. Today, we're going to talk about productivity and efficiency for creatives. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Well, now that we have two weeks to talk about in between episodes, there's so much to say, right? (laughs) There's been a lot going on, um, but we've been launching all the QWERTY things into the world. As you guys know, we've got the website, we've got our Instagram page, um, of course we have our newsletter, so um, all of those things, uh, be sure to check those out. I've also been prepping for summer reading times two because I have my summer reading challenge on both Facebook and Instagram this year. And I also am working with my local library. So I'm able to teach a few workshops, creative writing workshops for teens. So having a blast with that. Um, Loving that. They are so imaginative. And then my kids had, they had their kind of big things for the summer. My son went to Boy Scout camp for the entire week. And then my daughter did a three-day kind of little day sewing camp with a few of her friends. So while both of them were occupied on those days that she was doing her thing, I was able to go to local library and just write completely and totally not bothered by anyone for a few hours each of those three days. So that got me very close to finishing up that first draft of one good thing. So yay. Good gracious. That's amazing. Yeah. All good things. All good things. So what about you? How have your weeks been? They have been, they've been good. I've been stressed out. If I can just be completely honest, I've been pretty stressed out, but a lot of fun things have happened as well though. So I have been doing a lot of product designing. So just like graphic designing and stuff with our branding and stuff for the company branding and trying to pick out promotional items and things like that for the upcoming recruitment year. So that's been a little bit fun, but also stressful because it's really hard to decide. You're ordering so many of them. And then like, what if you choose wrong and you end up having all of these things that people hate? And that's, I don't know, I'm really overanalyzing. It's hard. I need to take a deep breath and back up. So that's a creative thing, though. And I've had a lot of fun making uh, graphic graphics for the promotional items and things, too. But another thing that I did, I did a run through of my poetry book, Grief Like a River, and edit it for the vision impaired. So I'll have a large print version of this book. And it was really interesting because I got to read a lot about in my research for editing a large print edition. I had to read a lot about vision impaired, low vision, the different types of, of vision impairment and how the publishing world helps readers in that area. And I wanted to make sure that it was up to you know, traditional publishing standards for that. And so I had to figure out what those traditional publishing standards were. And also I read about if there were any differences 
between what the traditional standards are and what the low vision community wanted. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. And there was a little bit of a difference there. Huh. So yeah. That's fascinating. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I have a bunch of articles that I've saved. And I actually put those in our QWERTY folder. Oh, for Mm-hmm. Thank for you. For future research on QWERTY books, in case we decided to do a large print edition on that as well. So there you are, my friend. And that's really what I've done. In the middle of all of this, I have somehow managed to strain my Achilles tendon and chip my heel bone. Oh, so goodness. I've not been walking too well, which is really, really hard to deal with, especially when you're a mom of two young boys and most of your job is walking around putting out fires so oh my goodness here we are it's fine it's all gonna be fine but it just feels really heavy right now so there's that well maybe this topic can lighten things a little bit because it's kind of a different way of looking at two words that we hear a lot Mm -hmm. yes absolutely two words that we hear a lot used synonymously and they're not synonymous (laughs) that is true but they're also (laughs) something that as we were kind of talking through this topic and researching they're also not against one another because often you see these two words as "Mm -mm," versus yeah yeah mortal enemies but that's not no it's not the case either So we very strategically said productivity and efficiency Mm -hmm. for creatives. Yes, we did. And one of the reasons why we chose to do it like that was because a lot of the articles that we were finding about productivity and efficiency was using the term versus. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just wanted to add our QWERTY version of, of the conversation into the world. And that involves an and, friends. (laughs) (laughs) It does. And I love this. I just have to tell y'all, we both read things separately of each other. We were, okay, let's look at this article. Let's look at this article. And we looked at them separately. And we both, when we came together to discuss them, we both had the same takeaway that I don't think that this is quite the right way to say it. So it's really cool how that happens a lot of times with us. I uh, I completely agree. We're like on some sort of weird psychic level. <laughs> and I like it. It's fun. Um, so we do have a link to all of the articles that we read in the show notes. So if you guys want to read those as well and see what your take is, because we understand that what we think about productivity and efficiency might not be what you think about productivity and efficiency. Uh, but we picked, I think it was three articles, potentially four articles um, yeah, that. that we read to, to evaluate. And so we were coming out of a place of, of pretty much need because both of our lives are really, um, really nailed down to the minute, to the second. Mm -hmm. And we were looking to see if we could be more efficient and how to be more productive as well with the time that we're given these 24 hours in a day, right? So that's how this whole thing started. And in true QWERTY fashion, we have decided to give these terms QWERTY definitions. (laughs) 
so QWERTY definitions is actually kind of a, a thing that we do. We do it in our books and we also do it in our podcast episodes. And what we do is we kind of look and see what the world has to say about this, this particular thing. Sometimes it's Merriam-Webster, sometimes it's an article or something like that. And then we will tailor that definition to fit what Joy and I think. Again, this is not something that you have to think. We actually encourage you to make your own definition and maybe even use what we have here as a QWERTY definition as a jumping off point. However, um, your life and cre- your creative life is different than our creative life. So if it dis- if this doesn't feel right for you, then change it. We don't have a problem with that. We did. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. So why would I begrudge you that option as well? Um, but if if our definition you know feels like home to you, then you're absolutely um, authorized to use it if you would like. <laughs> Credit so, to at Courtney Writing Life. <laughs> that's right. If you make it me, you know how to tag us on Instagram. So, <laughs> so um, the first thing that we're going to do is define productivity. So Joy and I have decided to define productivity as such. The tangible result of one's consistent effort toward a goal over a period of time. So also in true party fashion, we will break down this definition. So tangible, of course, is going to be like in your hand, something you can touch, feel. Okay. Results is going to be something that's measurable. Effort is not optional in this game. Okay. You can't have productivity without exerting the effort in order to make a product. Goal is... You need is the thing that you are planning on producing. So you need to have an end goal. You need to know what you're striving for. A period of time. We need to have the time involved so we can recognize patterns, and so we can have short terms. So you can you can choose something that you're only doing for a week or two or something like that. But you can also have long terms, something that you're doing for a year, five years, ten years, things like that. Here, we kind of wanted to point out that there are like macro amounts of time, and those are the large amounts of time. So we have a little mnemonic device for you if you can't remember what macro and micro are. So macro has an A, just like large has an A. (laughs) So I'm giving you this mnemonic device because this is how I have to remember what macro and micro are. (laughs) And micro has an I in it, like minuscule has an I in it. So so with those definitions of the individual words, I'm going to read the definition for productivity one more time, and then we're going to move on. So productivity is the tangible result of one's consistent effort toward a goal over a period of time. So when we say productivity, that's what we mean. There you go. And you record results with productivity. So this is kind of like putting on a data analyst type of hat, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, these different hats that we have with these. So that's productivity. And then we have efficiency. All right, so... Our definition for efficiency. Here is our QWERTY definition. Efficiency measures the rate of input to output, which gives us the effectiveness of one's process and also allows us to measure the degree of efficiency. 
So to break that down just a little bit, rate is the understanding of how much is going in and how much is going out. Input is emotional, mental, physical exertion, in addition to what we more typically think about when we think of input, and that's time and money. Then output, the product of your efforts, and degree of efficiency is the individualized scale that ranges from inefficient to your peak efficiency. And as you try different processes to see which is the most efficient, you kind of wear like a scientist hat. So you're making hypotheses, you're doing trial and error, you're recording your observations and drawing conclusions based on these observations. Um, but it goes a little bit further because the whole concept of efficiency has like mathematical roots as well. So input plus output equals degree of efficiency. All of that stuff is a little mathy. <laughs> but I think the thing that's important for us to remember here is that it's not like a normal equation, right? It's not an apples to apples situation. It's not something that we're familiar with, like distance equals rate times time. Like it's not that perfect. You know, it doesn't make that much sense. Um, because of the types of input that we're working with here, um, they're not clear cut. They're not even similar. I think that it's kind of like apples to wrenches, really. <laughs> <laughs> So if we were to look at some types of input that you could evaluate for efficiency, I have a few examples for you. So one of the types of input could be time. One could be money. One could be emotional. One could be mental. And when I say mental, it's not just like the, the sparks that fly in your brain. It could be different types of mental exertion. So um, being in a focused state for a really long time or being in a critical thinking position for a really long time. Problem solving, like learning new concepts is a whole nother part of your brain. Um, and then you also have like your mastery areas as well. So um, that's what I mean when I say mental. And then your physical uh, inputs as well. So um, if you wanted to learn more about like physical inputs, that would be our Creative Trinity episode that we did in season two, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then also the wonderful Joanna Penn has a book called The Healthy Writer, where you can kind of learn how your physical self and your creative self should mesh well together. Those are some great great things to link back to there. We'll have those in the show notes. So in short, what does it cost you to be productive? That's kind of what we're really looking at with this whole idea of efficiency. Um, there's one more thing that, or there's one more hat, I should say, that comes into play when we're discussing efficiency, and that is your business hat, okay? So for example, we need to analyze things like ROI. So if you are familiar with business, you know what that means, but it means return on investment. Um, this aids in evaluating your time and money inputs. So making sure that the amount of time or money you're expending is paying off. So that's ROI in, in short. Yeah. And another one of those ways that we analyze things is called CBA, and that's cost-benefit analysis. And these are for things that aren't quite so clear-cut. Like, you know, math is pretty black and white. Like, you you buy something, it costs something, and then you charge somebody else something in order to replace that 
cost. And that's how you can get your ROI, right? But your cost benefit analysis is going to be for things that are not quite so quantitative. So I'm speaking of things like your mental exertion, your emotional, uh, your emotional input, your physical input, things like that. So if you've listened for a little bit, you know that I was a part of the speech and debate world in college. And so we would debate using cost benefit analysis as a measuring tool. And we would measure the rightness of a policy based on the cost benefit analysis. So do the benefits outweigh the cost or is the cost too high? So you would have to sit down and think about things that are in categories like this that aren't quite so quantitative and ask yourself these questions. And also you need to have proof because in debate, you can't just be like, you know what, this costs too much. You know, <laughs> and not be if you don't back it up with actual things as to why it is costumous. You're not winning that round, friend. So, <laughs> so this is a value analysis, and it's an excellent tool to measure things that are not easily quantifiable, like emotions, mental exhaustion, physical fatigue, or even physical stimulation. Because there are some things that's going to happen that you're not going to, it's not going to be like an output in that you are tired, exhausted, that sort of thing. You're going to come back potentially and have like some stimulation or um, it's, does something to you for your creative brain. And those are analysis too. So I know we kind of look at cost benefit analysis and sometimes think of negative things like, nope, this is not going to work because it's just too high. Sometimes the benefit outweighs the cost and we need to know that too. So yeah. Did you have something to say about that? No, I just, I love that you, I love that you put that in there. That's a great thing because we don't typically think about it. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we have uh, the mindset that kind of gears toward the negative, especially as creatives, whenever we're talking about things like math and, and analysis. <laughs> but sometimes uh, if we can kind of set aside our own personal biases against that, then we can actually see that it's really kind of interesting when we can find something that we weren't expecting. So it's kind of like a plot twist whenever we well, that thought comes in. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> that was so scary or that was so shocking or I didn't see that coming and you're the one who's writing the story. Yes. It's the same kind of situation <laughs> whenever, whenever you find data that supports something that you did not expect. So but once we have the comparison of the input to the output, we are then able to determine to what degree of efficiency we have worked. It's scaled from like inefficiency to high or peak efficiency. But joy, <laughs> there is a little bit more. <laughs> there is a little bit more. So, you know, as we're looking over this whole productivity and efficiency thing, there's just this other thing out there. <laughs> so there are other factors that we've got to acknowledge and we're going to call them our outlying factors, okay? Because we're just so clever with our titles and names here. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so outlying factors are the ever-changing, often evolving, or unpredictable forces that affect our efficiency and therefore our productivity in some way, okay? So that is what they are. So let me give you a few examples. Now, obviously, this is not exhaustive, but these are just a couple of examples to make sure that we're all kind of thinking about the same things. So for me, some days when I sit down to write, 
Instead, I have to research. And I may not have known that until I begin to write that day's scene or, or whatever it is that I'm working on. Okay? That changes things. All right? Some days, I may be absolutely exhausted from a late night visit with friends, and my mental pistons aren't all firing full blast. Okay? So that affects the next day. Then some days I might be emotionally drained after dealing with behavior issues in my kids and the parent responsibilities that result. Okay, just absolutely emotionally drained. So those are a few examples of these outlying factors. The point is that we can identify patterns in our productivity which can aid us in boosting our efficiency by adopting specific habits or tools or processes or whatever it is that happens to work for us. But we are always going to encounter these outer or inner forces that can alter that equation. They're just there. So sometimes they're things that we can overcome. Okay, for example, an unexpected meeting during our writing time results in us simply shifting our writing session, right? Okay, other times though, they require us to alter our expectations for ourselves. So an example of this would be we're working toward a goal of first draft completion by X date, but we fall ill and we end up at the hospital. Well, obviously that's going to change that. Okay. Efficiency can be learned and hacked via tips and tricks, which we'll be getting more into. Productivity can be improved with higher efficiency. The outlying factors may not be controllable or entirely predictable, but they can be expected. And I think that that's the, the key to take away for, from this. Our state of productivity and efficiency is always going to be in a state of flux because we're human and we're always in a state of flux. I think that we can all agree on that in some form or fashion. Um, but this also leads to an understanding that not all activities or jobs are created equal. Okay, obviously we're speaking specifically to creatives here, but creatives have a business side. Okay, so just keep that in mind that there are some differences there. Some come with much more straightforward expectations and clear-cut steps from expected to accomplished. Um, but those of us in the creative arena and then those of us thinking specifically about the creative aspects of this know that <clears throat> we work outside of the straightforward and clear-cut all the time. Okay, we work, yeah, we work in the midst of a mental and emotional arena. Because the mental and emotional so often keeps us far more tempest-tossed, I would dare to say, than most, we have to think outside the psychological box more than most. <clears throat> so as creatives, we have to crank up our emotions to full blast in order to produce, and to produce well. And we've talked about this before. Um, in terms of seeing the emotion of an artist in his or her work, <clears throat> that really does come through. So as humans, we often find ourselves just drowning under the output of our own mental and emotional floodgates, often on a daily basis. So because creatives deal with the emotions we summon, as well as the emotions that come you know, from outside sources, we need mm -hmm. to be aware of the dangers there for burnout and overwhelm and learn ways to control what we can. 
I think that also to just a little, a little note about like outlying factors as well Mm -hmm. is that sometimes we can get this mental picture of like what we should be. And a lot of times it does not include these outlying factors and it doesn't leave room for adaptation. And our, our vision is kind of set in stone. And a lot of times we don't alter that vision as we change and as our life changes and as seasons change. So I think adaptability here is a really good word to use with outlying factors of flexibility, fluidity, words like that, that are kind of movement driven. And uh, so sometimes we want to just like cement our feet in, in one place and we're like, this is my dream. This is my goal. And that can alter and grow growth. It's growth, you know, <laughs> like that can grow with time and uh, and it can change as we change, too. So just a little note there about that. And I love that you brought that up. And I also think, too, that sometimes whenever we don't meet that picture of what we have in our mind, the cement picture of what we have in our mind, that can bring other emotions that kind of impede your creative process and and your your schedule and your habits. And it, it decreases efficiency and productivity. And those emotions are things like shame and guilt. If you're if there's anything that can can stop the creative process, shame and guilt and insecurity or like some emotions that would just do that yeah. immediately. So when you adopt this kind of new perspective about or when you like ex- expand your view of outliers and effectiveness and good productivity and things like that, I think that you allow in um, forgiveness and grace along with that, uh, the, along with the adaptability and fluidity of your new mindset. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So lots of words here, lots of, of definitions and things that we're throwing out. So let's just sum up for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's just draw back into the episode's focus. And, What's the difference between productivity and efficiency? And the answer to that question is that productivity is the product of your efforts. And efficiency is the effectiveness of your efforts. So, Joy, like, why does that matter? Yeah, it's a good question. So, productivity and efficiency are part of everyday life. We need them to accomplish anything, right? (laughs) So in order to maximize our creative time, see season three, episode one, we should understand (laughs) what each of these tools are, how they operate within the sphere of our creative work and our day job potentially, and how we approach and interact with each of them. So Joy and I submit to you Mm -hmm. that you cannot separate these two things. Hence the and (laughs) Um, in the title. So you can have a fabulous productivity, but abysmal efficiency. 
Uh, efficiency would measure such things as quality of life and potential for burnout and succinct processes. Combining the two would let you know if your productivity is sustainable or not. Um, you can anticipate such things as burnout and quality of life, and that's a big deal. Um, pinpoint such things as succinct processes and practical areas that need adjusting are an effect of analyzing the ROI or the return on investment. What do we do with this? <laughs> What's the practical use of efficiency and productivity and outlying factors? Yeah, giving these words definitions and being aware of how we interact with each will enable us to use them to our advantage. Rather than being tossed by some ever-changing understanding we might have or think we have. Um, like we said, we must have both. Plus, we have to understand that outlying factors exist and we're going to have to handle them. And that leads to the fact that when we assign a definition to these things, that we can comprehend and count on being regular tools in our arsenal. From there, we will be better able to handle the more unpredictable and the less understandable of those outlying factors that will affect both our efficiency and our productivity. Sometimes I find myself just like floating through life and not being super observant. But I think what productivity and efficiency and outlying factors and and utilizing these tools allows us to do is to be very introspective and to um, to recognize and evaluate ourselves on a regular basis. So don't let the the routine and the stress and the busyness of life take that away from you. Uh, and before you know it, six months, a year, 10 years has gone by and you don't know what happened. So <laughs> that is so true. So these are just a few of those things that you can do in order to help you recognize what's going on in your life and how to make it a touch better. Yeah. And I think it's time for a QWERTY challenge. I think you are right. Let's do it. <laughs> so today for your QWERTY challenge, we would like for you to compare your assumptions of productivity and efficiency to this new point of view. What will you keep the same? What do you want to hold on to that you've already thought and, and have adhered some sort of value to in your current definition of effectiveness, productivity, and maybe even outlying factors as well? But is there something that you would like to adopt that we've talked about today? Is there something that maybe we have can change your mind or convinced you that it's something to consider? Have you ever thought about these two terms long enough to define what they are or to determine how they guide your creative life? And that's an introspection right there. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to be doing in the next episodes, the upcoming episodes, we will begin our series on creative efficiency hacks using these principles as a foundation. So this episode was super necessary. You needed to know where we were coming from before we could talk to you about how to hack your life. So, <laughs> and that's what we've done here today. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you find value in this information and in our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite listing host. We will definitely appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a fantastic week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. 
We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.